of everlasting life. Thank you, Abba, for sending your son that he would send the Holy Spirit that we might live and move and have our being in him. Thank you, Abba, Father, that you love the world so much that you sent your only begotten son that whoever, the murderer even, even a child molester who would turn their hearts and believe on you would be changed and have everlasting life. And that's a miracle. Oh, God, we're so grateful today. We give you all our thanks and we give you what love we can. For you are awesome. You're the awesome God. You're the wonderful God. For unto us a child is born. He is wonderful counselor, prince of peace. Upon his shoulder is government. And his kingdom will last forever and ever and ever. And so will we. Because we believe on the only begotten Son of the Father. What's his name, saints? Jesus. What's his name? Jesus. What's his name? Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, my God. We are so grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we are so happy to have some visitors here today. And please, if you did not get a gift bag when you came in, there should be some at the... None over there, but at the front door. Uh, okay, I think Cheryl, you got the last one. <laughs> God bless you for being here today. And um, our Sunday Bible class today was led by Gino Maini. Thank you, Gino. That was just absolutely wonderful. I'm telling you, people, if you're missing Sunday Bible class, you're missing the Word of God. You're missing life. You're missing what you need to live a Christian life in this ugly, dark world. You need the Bible in your life, the teaching, and the Holy Spirit makes it come alive. It's just wonderful. Next Sunday, we are going to have the notorious Jim Duncan. <laughs> Really, that's Santa Claus. That's Santa Claus. <laughs> you know, what's really funny. I know this is, I'm putting this in here, but, you know, after Pastor Howard left and went to be with Jesus, he left us here. <laughs> but Jim comes in the, into the drive there, and he was coming toward the music room door, and we looked out the window, and uh, what did you think? You thought, that's Pastor Howard. <laughs> But it was Jim. <laughs> we, we love you. We love you. <laughs> so, and TLC Kids Care presented their play last Wednesday. It was phenomenal. They're so cute. Thank you, Pastor Tracy, director of TLC Kids Care. And, uh, yes, give her applause. She, she deserves it. And as you know, we have no TLC men, no TLC women gatherings. We will not be meeting with Enoch Prayer uh, the fourth Thursday. But we want you to continue to pray for Volusia County, Israel, and America. Yes. Please, God, save America and bring her back to you. And also this year, we will not have a Christmas Eve service. But don't be upset. Remember what the reason for the season is. Jesus. <laughs> 
So I, one more announcement is your tithes and offerings, if you want them counted on your taxes for 2021, you must have them in by next Sunday, December 26th. And now, what are we going to do? Give it. Tithes and offering. Amen. This is pa Pastor <clears throat> Louie and Pastor Tracy's tithe. Gosh, can I have this? Amen. <laughs> I give it as All a right. Lord. Yeah. <laughs> so we have to remember that God gave his very best, didn't he? He sent his only begotten son and gave us eternal life. Oh, how could we ever be grateful enough? So now we get to bless God by our tithes and offerings. And remember, he loves a cheerful giver.
Thank you, Lord. I just heard that is so beautiful that is exactly right oh my goodness gracious sakes alive just fills you with uh, the love of Christ dear God we thank you today for your son Jesus Christ we thank you that we can come today to praise his name to uplift him but in doing so uplifting us oh father we know that you and he are one and we and him are one and we are all one together and this miraculous story of Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so you think about this season, and you think about all the stuff you have to get done and how it kind of spools up and can catch up on you real quick. And before you know it, it can be time. The time is upon you. It's chaotic. And what do you do? You need to plan ahead. So if you're going to go somewhere, if you're planning on getting somewhere this year, if you're planning on traveling, you better think ahead because everything is busy right now. Airports, cars, gas stations, the interstate, everything's busy. And the places that you're going to stay when you get there, you need to make sure you got a reservation because there's a lot of people traveling now that are just going in and gobbling up those rooms. And if you don't have a reservation, you're going to get stuck on the road. So you better think about that. You better plan for that. Well, guess what? At the time that our Lord Jesus Christ was born, he wasn't thinking about that. You see, he was in the womb of Mary. He was along for the ride. He was sitting in the back seat. You know when you're young and you're sitting in the back seat of your car and you go from one place to the other and you fall asleep and you wake up and bam, there you are. Well, so Jesus was totally dependent upon Mary. And guess what? Mary had to get to Bethlehem. It, she had to get there. It seemed like an odd title, but I wanted to take this lesson for this time of the year, Christmas, and apply this to us today. I'll tell you that you can take what we're going to learn today, and you can stick it in and plug it in, and you'll be able to think about this this week. I'm going to give it some context. There's a lot of prophecy about, the, uh, about Jesus, and it deals with Jesus coming. But this one was so specific, I, I just couldn't pass up on it, especially since it dealt with a time, a specific time, one week before the birth of Jesus. But more interesting to me was that it talked about a specific place, I mean, almost everybody that has a family has had an OBGYN. And they have a hospital that they're going to go to, and they got a pretty good idea of when the birth is going to be, and they know what hospital they're going to go to because unless there's something popping up, your OB has uh, rights to practice at that hospital. 
and you schedule births, you can even just say, yeah, it's going to be on this day at that time. And you head to the hospital. But Scripture has a specific place that Jesus is born. And Mary was in a different place as she was pregnant. She was in a different town. She had to get somewhere else in order to fulfill prophecy. I want to take a look at a couple of prophecies concerning the birth of Jesus. And I'm just going to go through them real quick. You just sit back and listen because what I want you to do is to understand that there are prophecies about Jesus. And as you think about them, and as you think about them getting fulfilled, what I want to do is I want to encourage you to understand and believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he was sent here, he was born of a virgin in a specific place at a specific time, and the Bible talks about it. What I want to do is encourage you to believe the Bible. And this time now, when you can look at so many pundits that go different ways, I, I just want to give you a few things to think about that will help you understand that all of this was foretold, even down to the town. We know that Jesus was of Jewish descent, therefore he was a seed of Abraham. We are too. In Genesis twenty-two 18, we're told that through Abraham's offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. We also know he was born from the line of Jacob, Abraham's grandson. Numbers twenty-four seventeen says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. In Isaiah 1, 11, 1, we know that he is from the line of Jesse, the father of King David. It says a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. In Jeremiah 23, 5 and 6, it says, These days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up from David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. This is the name by which he will be called, the Lord, our righteous Savior. And reaffirming that, in 2 Samuel 7, 12 through 13, which was actually spoken by Samuel to King David, it says this, When your days are over and your rest with your fathers, I'll raise up your offspring to succeed you, who will come from your own body, and I will establish his kingdom. He's the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. A virgin will be with a child and will give birth to a son, and you'll call him Emmanuel, God with us. You see how these things just build up? You're thinking, how can all this happen? And it's happened. And I want to encourage you to understand and believe more today than yesterday, but not quite as much as tomorrow in Jesus Christ. I want you to build your faith today to let you know that God has a specific plan, a specific purpose, a specific place for you. Jesus will be worshipped by shepherds. It says in Psalm 72, 9 and 10, May the desert tribes bow before him and his enemies lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and distant shores bring tribute to him. May the kings of Sheba and Seba present him gifts. May all kings bow down to him and all nations serve him. And when King Herod knew that Jesus was born, he, he said this. He said, a voice is heard in Ramah, mourning and great weeping, Jeremiah says this, Rachel weeping her for children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. 
as Herod began to slay. But here's the one I want to focus on today. Here's the one I want to encourage you with today. In Micah, Micah 5, just two verses. I will gather yourself in troops, O daughter of troops. He has laid siege upon us. They will strike the judge of Israel with a rod on the cheek. So Israel is gathering together. The attack is coming. And this is the period of the judges when even the judges will be struck with a rod. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrath, it's a specific place. Though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. We've got a Savior that has come from everlasting. And he's come from everlasting in the heart of God himself, sent to a virgin to be born in a city, a specific city, Bethlehem, small in Judah, the house of bread. It's a specific place. And where did he come for? He came from before time. Before he was born, he was the Alpha and the Omega. Revelations 12, 13 says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He was before the world was. John 17, 5 says this, And now, O Father, glorify me together with you, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. John 17, 24 says, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me will be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me, for you love me before the foundations of the world. You see, Micah says that Jesus was from old. He was from everlasting. I want you to know that he didn't sneak up on us. He's been moving in this world forever, and he's come for you and for me this time. Is our time with him. Colossians 1, 16 and 17 says this, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or power, all things were created through him and for him. He and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. I want you to feel good about how solid Jesus is. I want you to feel good about how solid the Bible is about predicting the birth of our son, God's son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. He's from everlasting. He's from old. He's from the beginning, and he's from the end. Peter even says this in 1 Peter 1.20. He indeed was foreordained. He was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but will manifest in these last times for you. Micah says it was from old and everlasting, and Peter says he was manifest in these times for us. And the book of Ephesians says that just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, he chose us. So he was here for everlasting, but yet he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. He did that through his death. He did that through his birth. He did that through his resurrection. Luke one thirty one says this, And behold, 
you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Jesus. He, we even knew his name. We knew where he was going to be born. The Bible talks about how he was going to be born, the process. He talked about who he was going to come from, the lineage. He talked about how he was before we ever knew. I want you to know that God has got things for you that you don't even know right now. You can't fathom. You can't conceive them. But Mary was in Nazareth with Joseph. You see, a, a tactician, an organizer, one who plods and plots and plans, See, that's a problem for me. A week out. We're about a week out from when Jesus is to born, be born in Bethlehem. And she's in Nazareth running a family business. And it's just a short time before she's going to give birth. Most women, most families, the families around the women, when they're pregnant and they're just about to give birth, they're so expectant. Everything is coming together. And the women can be at their wits end from carrying a child. I've never carried a child, but except the easy way, when I can sit down. Yeah. And she was 80 miles away about through the desert. Like from here to Orlando, think about how easy it is to go down I-4. <laughs> yeah, I avoid I-4 if I can for any reason. And it would take about a week on a donkey. For those of you that have carried a child, I want you to think about being on the back of a donkey for about four, five, or six days heading from Nazareth. Nothing good will come out of Nazareth. Going from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Did Joseph know that the Savior would be born in Bethlehem? Was Mary ever told by Gabriel? Did Gabriel mention it? No. But God did through Micah. And God has a specific thing for us and a specific place for us. He has our house of bread, Bethlehem. It's waiting for us. And I'll tell you, it's not just a one-time wait. It's not just one time to get to Bethlehem. God has got Bethlehem for us over and over. Mary had to get to Bethlehem and all of this prophecy hinges on her getting there. And she does through a person who is not a righteous person, Caesar Augustus, a Roman king. Here's what the Bible says in Luke 2, 1 through 5. I read this earlier. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree 
from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Now, it's not like he sent an email or it's not like he got on Fox News or CNN. He sent out a decree, and it took time for this decree to get out. And it took time for it to get from Rome to Nazareth. And here's what he, it said. And this taxing was first made when Serenius was a governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth because of a mandate by a Roman king into Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, the house of bread, the smallest in Judah. It's amazing how you can go to the smallest place with the smallest thing and impact the world through Jesus Christ. And Joseph went off from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. You see, Jesus was to be born in Bethlehem, not anywhere else. You, you see, if, if Mary didn't get to Bethlehem on time, while her husband's riding her on the back of a donkey and she's nine months pregnant, how many of you would walk the mall when you're pregnant to say, hurry up, let's get this thing going. Let's hurry up, let's get this thing going. Let's walk around the block. Let's walk the mall. Let's do whatever we got to do. Get this thing moving. And one time, Tracy and I got it moving so fast, I had to be in a special car that I had at the time that could go over the speed limit with some lights on it to get to the hospital so it didn't happen in a Ford Crown Vic. But we made it. <laughs> John 6.35 says this, and Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. So why is it so important that Mary had to get to Bethlehem? Because it's one of the most specific things in Scripture about a place that Jesus was to be born. Luke 2, 6 says this, And so it was, while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered in Bethlehem. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them at the inn. Several days' journey on the back of a donkey, nine months pregnant, God used a Roman ruler to tax the people. Remember the story about having to pay taxes and Jesus said, go grab that fish and pull the fish out and says, whose picture is there? Render to Caesar what is Caesar's. This taxing was a big deal. You see, God did and still does influence kings and rulers. God is still in this business. And at this time of year, in Christmas time, when a woman who was pregnant by the Holy Spirit, carrying our gracious Lord, had to be somewhere because of Scripture. God is still twisting the screws. He's still 
making it happen. God still works in ways to use others to accomplish his purpose. As my brother Frank would say, so what's in it for me? What's the point? Here's the point that I want you to know. That have you had something prophesied about you? Have you had someone speak about you? Have you felt in your body the fact that God's want me to do this? I've been feeling this. It's about your life or your family or your finances. Have you ever wondered what's going to happen? This is Christmas time. It's a time of celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. It's a time of miracles. Don't let this pass you by. If God can fulfill all these prophecies about Jesus, what's been prophesied about you, it's on the way. It's here. It's for you. Mary had to get to Bethlehem. Where is it you need to be to get with God? Where's he spoken to you about getting in your life? Has he spoken to you in the middle of the night? Has he asked you to do something? I want you to know that the Bethlehem for you, the house of bread, is for you but to believe. What God has laid before you is for you. He's given us his son, and he's done this through prophecy so that we could see. I want you to believe in the Bible. As we are under attack, I want you to believe in the Bible, that it's true. And if it's true for Jesus, it's true for you and for me. God can use bad to make good for your life. I know some of you are going through some tough stuff. And I know it's difficult for you to get through it. But I'll have you know this. In a miraculous time such as this, I am speaking to you. You know who you are and you know what you're confronting. God has got a time and a place for you. And I say it's now. I say a birthing is coming from you just as our Savior was birthed. There's a birthing coming in you. There's a birthing of something that God has for you. Maybe it's a study. Maybe it's a person. Maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's a business. Maybe it's a illness. Maybe it's a family member. I would say now would be the time that you should reach out and grab it. As you approach Bethlehem, I want you to think this week about going from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And I want you to think about what God has been speaking to you that he would have you have. What he's been speaking to you for you to reach out and grab, to break off that bread from the house of bread and consume it. Get the bread of life into your body at this time. Dear God, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I'm glad that he was able to endure a donkey ride and hang on until he got there.
Father, we're so blessed that your son gave his life for us. And Father, we're so thankful that you have over and over and over again shown us in your word that Jesus is real and he is for us. And what I would say right now, if, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, now is the time. If you've been sitting there thinking, oh, man, is he going to give an invitation? Yes. Yes. The person that was born for us, Jesus Christ, so that we could have everlasting life, his life should not go to waste. So if you're here and you don't know the Lord, yes, you hear me say this every Sunday. I mean it every Sunday. Now's your time. If you haven't quite got to Bethlehem, I say don't stop. You're just a day or so away. And I thank you, O Lord, for those that are here. Father, I thank you that we can believe in your son, Jesus Christ, and that he is a savior for us. Dear Lord, I speak this and I. Believe in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Well, we need to take that message home. And we need to ask the Lord to reveal in us. Some of us have gotten sort of lazy in our walk with the Lord. Oh, nobody's going to like me today. <laughs> but we, have, we can get lazy in our walk with the Lord. And some have become just silent like you said in class this morning Gio, Gino if we are really saved we want to tell our testimony we can't help it so I'm praying that during this season between now and Christmas that you wake up that you stir up your most holy faith and that you begin to give your testimony to somebody because it is a matter of life and death. So we just thank God for his son. What a wonderful, wonderful name. Come on, let's stand and rejoice. Jesus, Jesus,
Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. 